listening to Phenomenology Club Radio. Hello and thank you for listening to this audio podcast. I am Buttress, the host of Phenomenology Club, which is an interactive online community of artists and thinkers centered around this content that I create and curate online for us to talk about which is why both our tagline for Phenomenology Club and the subtitle for this discussion series is Talk About It. Most of these uploads are originally streamed live on our YouTube page. If you're interested in interacting with those as they happen live, please go subscribe and turn on the notifications at youtube.com slash phenomenologyclub. And in general, to learn more about our club, what we do, and how you can become a member for only $1 a month, please visit our website at www.phenomenology.club. Thank you for listening. Stay trippy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another late night edition of Talk About It, Phenomenology Club's official audio podcast series. First of all, everybody, I hope you buckle up and put on your safety goggles because we're about to get into some harmful motherfucking art. The art is dangerous. (laughs) Hello, hello. Oh shit, I'm clipping. Let me turn it down. I can't speak too loudly because the person I live with is sleeping. Um... So first of all, I want to preface this upload by saying I shouldn't be doing this. I should be doing other things. And I don't I don't assume that this episode will be coherent or insightful or anything. I honestly just kind of want to rant and rave because I feel like it because I'm hyped up on those fucking uppers and that fucking coffee. Oh, shit. My coffee is still on the table. Hold on. Hold on. Someone keep yourself busy for 30 seconds. Okay, okay. Okay, I'm back. Sorry. So, yeah, this episode is not even an official episode. I mean, I guess it is. I don't know what standard I think I'm holding myself to. Half of these are totally incoherent and stupid and just me ranting on Adderall. Fuck it. So, anyway, (laughs) I'm about to say what I'm going to say. Thanks for that affirmation, Muso. So, anyway, I have become so disturbed, as I often do, (laughs) by logging into Twitter today. Uh, the social, the only real social media platform I really even use, uh, because, you know, even though I complain about the amount of dumb bullshit I see on there, I absolutely enjoy interacting with it in many ways, especially as I myself am a very argumentative person and I love to just shit on everything around me. (laughs) The crazy streams are always your favorite. Uh... I don't know how crazy this one will be because I do have to mediate my volume because, like I said, someone's sleeping. But anyway, um, we're about to get into some controversial art and uh, a discussion about it. So in the spirit of controversy, I thought that I would start this episode with a fun little quote by Adolf Hitler. So let's get right into it. 
So this is a quote from Hitler's speech at the opening of the House of German Art in Munich. He gave this speech on July 18, 1937. This is his degenerate art exhibition. I'm just going to read a, a, very, a, a short excerpt, a few sentences. <clears throat> the collapse and overall decline of Germany was, as we know, not only academic or political, but rather, and perhaps to a far greater extent, cultural. Moreover, this process was also not solely attributable to the fact of the lost war. Such catastrophes have often afflicted peoples and states, and these events have not infrequently provided an impetus for their cleansing and, with it, their inner elevation. But that flood of slime and refuse which the year 1918 spewed onto the surface of our lives, was not produced by the loss of the war, but instead only released by it. It was only through the defeat that such a thoroughly rotten body first experienced the full extent of its inner decay. After the collapse of those earlier social, political, and cultural forms that were only seemingly in order, the baseness that was underlying them for so long began to triumph and in all areas of life at that. So thank you, Adolf Hitler, for that quote. Um, <laughs> the reason that I am feeling disturbed today after logging onto social media and thinking about things like Hitler's degenerate art speech, like the one I just read a quote from, um, is because I logged onto Twitter today and saw this tweet. <laughs> that I found very disturbing with 40k likes now of course I concede that many of these likes could be from bots and I hope that they are because I found this very disturbing <laughs> so so the reason that this person made this tweet they're quote retweet retweeting this uh what would you call it uh uh fuck what's the word for a uh, god damn it I'm already losing my shit Prompt, a prompt. There was a prompt posted by someone to post your most controversial cartoon opinion. And this person said, to the praise of 40, oh, now it's 50,000 likes. Oh my goodness, I'm so disturbed. They said, the damage South Park has done in terms of pushing cynicism and indifference to an entire generation of people is incalculable. Oh my god, incalculable. Listen to this language. Can I just read this one more time? Seriously, like, I feel like I'm at the fucking art speech. The damage South Park has done in terms of pushing cynicism and indifference to an entire generation of people is incalculable. Oh my fucking god, so what the fuck should we do? I mean, we should really get it out of here, right? If this person is correct, the, the, the damage, South Park, this, car, this thing I thought was just this cartoon that airs on Comedy Central, the damage it has done to society is incalculable to an entire generation of people? Holy shit, I mean, what's the insinuation? If we're going to accept this as true then clearly we, we should do something, right? Right? 
I mean, otherwise, what is the purpose in identifying South Park as being this, this force, this incredible force of societal damage, right? Like, what the fuck? Do you guys agree with this take? Can I, can I? Because, like, honestly, if you disagree with me, I encourage you to vocalize why. I'm not, even though I clearly have a strong reaction to this idea, it's not like I'm, I'm totally, like, close to criticism or even what this person is suggesting. Because I think that I do understand on a certain level what is being suggested, you know. I think that, um, <laughs> well, many things are being suggested, you know. Um, and what, what do I feel cynical of? So, uh, for one, this person, first of all, I mean, there's many things being suggested here, and I'll just try to go through them in an order that I think makes sense. It probably won't. But the first thing being suggested is that South Park, this cartoon, which we all know, you know, is offensive. It's been on air for a long time. Uh, and it has offended many people of all different demographics and all this and all different political leanings. The suggestion is that this thing has done great social damage on an entire generation. That's incalculable. <laughs> like that language. Hello. First of all, d is this true? Let me try to let me just try to consider the specifics of this. Do I think this is true? No. <laughs> obviously and you know to speak of south park specifically before we get more abstract maybe this is how i should progress the argument to speak of south park specifically i think that this take is actually just completely ahistoric in and of itself it says that the damage south park has done in terms of pushing cynicism and indifference is the thing that's harmful about south park what do we think about that the cynicism and indifference First of all, I don't think that South Park uh, promotes indifference at all. And I actually just had a conversation with somebody in Phenomenology Club that I thought was very insightful when I was ranting and raving in there before I decided to rant and rave on here. I've never, and I want to know how you guys feel, but do you, do you feel like this show South Park really promotes an attitude of indifference? I don't think that that's true. I mean, most of the most famous episodes that come from South Park are the ones that have to deal with political matters, you know. Uh, it's no secret that the creators are people with very strong political opinions and also very strong opinions on all different types of, you know, cultural <laughs> trends and shit. <laughs> like, why, if, if they were trying to promote some attitude of indifference then why is it that they're always commenting so much on all of these issues that have such impact on our lives, you know? Uh, to think of an example, specifically, all the criticisms that this show historically has constantly launched at America. And I haven't really seen the past few seasons. And overall, I've only seen, like, a handful of South Park episodes, really. But, um, like... They're always criticizing America in particular, and they made Team America, which is like a total fuck you to America, you know? Like, do we really think that South Park is indifferent or promoting indifference? I don't know. I would like to hear an argument for why. Um, and the person that I was speaking to uh, said that the reason that they 
uh, or certain people might believe this, is because South Park seems to have this attitude of irreverence that extends to everybody. And so while it may be true that South Park, you know, is constantly taking jabs at America and specifically Trump, they've taken jabs at and Brett Kavanaugh and conservatives in America and all this shit that ultimately it doesn't really matter because they're also irreverent towards all of the things that work in opposition to a country like America, you know. So then uh, essentially whatever criticism or useful or progressive criticism might exist there becomes ultimately negated, you know. The, the, The resulting affirmation or the resulting affect is that nothing matters, you know. It's all stupid. Everyone's stupid. And if you're offended, you're stupid. But I don't feel like this is true at all. And the reason I don't feel it's true also has to do with the other thing that this very poetic take comments on by saying that it promotes cynicism. I think it does promote cynicism, but I think that that's kind of the strength of South Park in particular. And look, I'm not some fucking huge South Park stan, okay? I honestly never, like, loved it because of all the, like, poop humor. I'm just not into poop. Like, if something has too much poop stuff, I'm just, like, not super into it. That's just me. That's just me. I love butts. I love balls. I love (laughs) dumb shit like that, but farting and shit not super into it but regardless i think that south park absolutely is super cynical and i think that out of what i've seen from south park this is the strength of south park because what i think they're actually promoting is not indifference it's actually basically this idea that you should be very opposed to anybody telling you what to think on any issue in I feel like in that sense, it's like very anti-authoritarian. And so while I can absolutely concede that maybe some of what they put forward is disagreeable or tone deaf or offensive for good reason, I'm ultimately glad it exists. And I think that part of the strength of South Park is found in the fact that, you know, some of it might be found disagreeable by anybody anybody could find something to disagree with if if you didn't then then how would you feel about this general sentiment of anti-authoritarianism you know oh sorry i'm looking at the chat real quick Delilah, I think South Park gave a bunch of dumb 12 to 16 year old boys stupid political ideas, but the idea that it's ruining the world is dumb, IMO. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But also, can you elaborate on that? I mean, what dumb political ideas do you think it really gave them? Because like I said, I mean, maybe I have just conveniently not seen all of the South Park episodes that promote some sort of harmful political agenda, but pretty much every episode I've seen, like, uh, I mean, it seems... It seems like they're, I've never felt like it's promoting some, like, harmful politics, you know. I'm a huge fan of Team America, by the way. And Team America has lots of iffy shit in it, too, you know. Stuff that I'd be like, oh my god, I would never. But but Team America rules. And it's basically a giant fuck you to America. I love Team America. America, fuck yeah. Um, Muso says, it doesn't promote it. But I guess it does affirm the views of those who are cynics. But that's not the fault of South Park. People will always lean towards content that affirms their views. That's totally true. Um, 
and also I think that you can argue that there is a usefulness in this and I think that there this is an idea that has just become increasingly or decreasingly popular this idea that like maybe by making a thing that doesn't have some straightforward agenda or as obvious maybe by my making your agenda less obvious you will actually extend your message to people that might otherwise not hear it you know because like I've noticed you know people people who are like dude bras edge bras bra bras they seem okay with South Park, even though I think that a lot of the political messaging in South Park it runs totally counter to the kinds of things that these people believe. So it's like, that's interesting. You kind of want an audience with these people with very questionable politics, uh, whose politics I think this show is critical of in and of itself, you know? Like, if Team America, for example, was made by, I don't know, who does the right love to hate on? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't keep up with your dumb celebrity bullshit. Who does the right hate? I'm trying to think. I don't know. Amy Schumer. <laughs> if if Amy Schumer made Team America, what are the chances anyone on the right would watch it? They wouldn't, you know. So it's like, that's kind of cool. But of course, just by me saying this, I'm already offering apologia, right? This is why this is why the conversation I think has become so controversial. I'm being apologetic. I'm offering the idea that like, wow, maybe maybe there is some usefulness in not you know, having some obviousness to everything you do. Wow, call me fucking crazy. Lock me up. Come on. Like, let's just be real. Let's be real. But, but let me also extend understanding and empathy to the people that might align with this take. Because I think that it's undoubtedly true that, um, sorry, I was just looking at the thing. It's undoubtedly true that art, just like anything else, has the capacity to harm people. On multiple levels, you know, whether it personally offends you in a way that is warranted, whether it promotes harmful ideas about a demographic of people or the political reality of any situation or anything else, you know, I think that art absolutely can be harmful, but the reason that art can be harmful is the same reason that any statement can be harmful. It's because of the environment that it exists in, you know. I mean, to take two statements, let's say, Israel is evil versus Palestine is evil, you know. What is the difference between these two statements? Is there any implicit difference? No. The only variable that has changed is... Uh, the geographic location but 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 why do they read so differently because of the context that they exist in you know and it's easy to to articulate an argument for why one of these statements is more harmful than the other one and all of the reasons that you can articulate why have to do with our current reality and of course our reality one day will change and one day there might be a different set of circumstances where 
the opposite statement of the one that we deem right now to be the more harmful one will be the more harmful one, you know? So, so if this is true, if it's true that no statement in and of itself, no piece of art or anything is the harmful thing, then what should we be trying to be critical of then when we, you know, try to go about being proactive with our messaging or our ideas about whatever thing? Clearly, the specific thing itself, of course, I think can warrant criticism, but but ultimately to identify a specific statement or piece of art as the problem in and of itself, I think is not only bad, it's dangerous. And the reason that I think it's dangerous and call me a fucking reactionary all you fucking want is because if you promote this idea that specific statements, specific pieces of art, specific agendas even are implicitly harmful, or at least the thing that should be eradicated more than the set of circumstances they exist in, then you are you are being complicit in a set of conditions that ultimately can actually harm you. I mean, to think of, like, censorship. And this person did not outright advocate for the censorship of South Park, okay? I'm not being like, what the crazy? But, again, to read it one more time. The damage South Park has done in terms of pushing cynicism and indifference to an entire generation of people is incalculable. Like, what is being insinuated here, you know? They are asserting with very strong language that this cartoon has been so incalculably harmful to an entire generation of people, they don't have to say outright that, so we should censor it, uh, you know? But I think no matter what they say, that is kind of the feeling that we are left with. Uh, at least me. Am I, am I overreacting? The The insinuation seems to be that if you agree with such a statement then really it's morally incumbent on you to do something about it if we decide that this is true that south park is damaging and harmful then shouldn't or at least to such an extent then shouldn't we try to ban it i mean should we ban material that we can articulate is harmful let's move away from south park you know should we ban anything what do you guys think should we ban anything and what do you think we should ban Delilah says yes. Delilah, what should we ban? Tell us. Please. So we've got a yes and a no. Uh, and neither of you has elaborated. Please, somebody elaborate. Delilah, I would love to hear what you think we should ban. 
Chris Marquez says, ban anything that hurts children, i.e. sexual portrayal and such. I'm glad you brought this up, Chris, because this is a very controversial one. We might as well just get right into it. What do you guys think about this? Um, and can you elaborate on what kind of materials uh, you're talking about? Because, um, you know, you say ban materials that harm children, uh, especially that might have a sexual portrayal of them. But what, what exactly does that entail? Because we see a lot recently, especially on this platform, YouTube, I hope they don't ban me for saying this, for speaking these facts I'm about to speak. But we know that on YouTube in particular, a lot of the content that is uploaded on here that features young children in scenarios that are not sexual, if you are a normal human being, I shouldn't even say normal because pedophilia, let's just be real, is normal at this point. Um, if you are an ethical human being, <laughs> uh, it, you would not see this, this kind of material as like sexually provocative, but we can tell from the comments and this has become a very troublesome, uh, problem to navigate, especially for platforms like YouTube. You could tell from the comments that there are people that are becoming sexually enamored, titillated with uh, these videos of children in situations that wouldn't be considered sexual in any capacity, but clearly they are, you know. So somebody could say to you, what is a sexual portrayal of a child, you know. Of course, to bring up the most explicit example, child pornography, I don't think anybody will disagree with this, obviously, because child pornography includes real images of children being abused, you know. But but then how do we navigate uh, this discussion when we start to talk about things like child sex dolls, which is a thing that you can buy easily on the internet if you want. And if you do, fuck you, you fucking freak. I have no empathy for you. I don't give a fuck. If you do that, fuck you. But I'm just describing the reality. Right now, you can go buy a child sex doll and you can read the reviews for like how their mouth feels, how their genitals feel. It's just absolutely atrocious. And now with things like BR and simulated reality scenarios and stuff, you know, people are creating more and more realistic simulations of things like, you know... <sighs> pedophilic circumstances and shit what about this kind of content you know or also um i know that certain platforms are banning things like drawing uh images that feature children in sexual scenarios what about this should we ban this as well because you know it's undoubtable clearly clearly uh this kind of media all different types of media. This is just a specific example. This kind of media absolutely has harmful real-life implications. And I'll say, first of all, uh, because, you know, this is w one of the number one arguments leveraged against the kind of people that uh, are against this kind of content existing, at least, like, freely in the world, you know. The number one argument leveraged against this is that, well, um... If you give them these sorts of materials, then the chances of them committing a real life offense are lowered. 
And that is just an outright lie, first of all. It's not true at all. And to think of something like pornography, all pornography, not just uh, child pornography, but um, this is something that I encounter all the time. People say like, oh, uh, give men violent pornography and then they'll be less inclined to go out into the world and commit acts of sexual violence against other people. But this is proven to be false, okay? And there's even fucking videos of Ted Bundy out here saying how much violent pornography influenced him to go out and rape and murder all these women. And then, of course, people will be like, oh, you trust Ted Bundy? He obviously just wanted a lesser sentence. A lesser sentence? Are you serious? <laughs> you think Ted Bundy really thought that he would get a lesser sentence if he, uh, if he said some words about pornography? Are you stupid? How many women did Ted Bundy kill? Are you dumb? How dumb are you? Tell me how dumb you are, please. You think Ted Bundy really, really thought, hey, maybe if I, like, convinced them that pornography altered my mind, I, I'd be fine. I'll get away with it. You're an idiot. You're dumb. You're dumb. You should take what he's saying as fact. But, of course, you just don't want to. But anyway, so clearly, I'm of the mindset that this m that much media can be genuinely harmful. But, but what do we do about it, hmm? Musso said, define ban. And I think that you saying this uh, points in the direction that we should all be thinking towards. The, the idea that something should be outright banned is much different than the idea that a thing could be regulated, you know? A thing like actual genuine child pornography, you know? I, I absolutely don't think that uh, it should be allowed in any circumstance. It should be banned. And the reason for why I think is clearly understood. This shit is real. It involves real people, real children, real abuse, real trafficking of actual people, and much worse, you know? So, yes, ban it. That's not even a question of banning media. That's a question of banning a literal, harmful, violent practice, you know. But but a thing like a simulation or a drawing or art that, that includes some of these materials, I don't think that they should be banned as much as I want them to be. As much as I personally would feel gratified by that happening, I don't believe that we should ban this shit because when you ban this shit and when you create an argument for why we should ban this shit then you're also agreeing with this idea that we should use things like media and statements to essentially shepherd the masses towards whatever goal you want and isn't this already how government has operated and continues to and things like advertising uh, what what was that guy's name? Uh, Sigmund Freud. I think his nephew. He's like uh, this fucking weirdo um, that that helped uh, multiple commercial campaigns come up with ways to manipulate their audience into purchasing this or that thing. Uh, I think like he did a lot of work on the Lucky Strike campaigns that were like targeted towards women and shit. Uh, I forget his name. If anybody knows, but but. Like, I, I think we can all agree that that people can be manipulated by media and to harmful real-world effects. But what are we supposed to do with this information? Should we then rally around the idea that we should use this knowledge to 
achieve whatever aim we desire why would you want that when there's an abundance of proof that the government is going to use this kind of thing against you they do it all the fucking time it seems like everybody has just become so naively confident in the idea that well all the most popular narratives on like twitter and facebook and stuff are things i generally align with so i'm just gonna go all in it's like you're you're so naive though because tomorrow that could be you right now it's like cancel south park or that's not what they're saying whatever fuck south park i don't care no i'm just kidding i like south park but like you know right now it's like south park is bad but tomorrow tomorrow how do you know what it's gonna be maybe it's gonna be fuck the police is wrong because according to you we know that saying some of these statements making some of these statements are harmful have real life at uh, implications so let's say you say fuck the police on twitter and tomorrow uh you know somebody shoots uh five cops or something and then they come to you and say bruh shouldn't have tweeted that you're going to jail bitch you think it sounds crazy but it's not the government has a history of already you know fucking with us this way and everyone not everyone some people agree with me thank god but but a lot of people have told me that I'm overreacting to how fucking disturbed I am by the Michelle Carter case in particular, which I've spoken about a little bit on here. And I'm going to say it again. It's the girl that got a manslaughter charge for, quote unquote, persuading her boyfriend to killing himself. And first of all, the story is so misunderstood by the general public. For one, Michelle herself had health problems, uh, mental health problems. And also, when she first met her boyfriend, and honestly, none of this information even changes my opinion. Because she could be the worst person in the world for all I give a fuck, and I still will believe what I believe. But just giving you some background info to let you know how undereducated people are about this case in general michelle carter was trying to convince her boyfriend for a long time first of all it was like an internet boyfriend too i don't think they barely even ever hung out in real life was trying to convince him not to kill himself until eventually he convinced her that it would be the more humane thing to do for her to help him end his own suffering it was more of like a mercy can't even call it a killing but mercy support you know he convinced her that he wanted to die he would be better off dead and so eventually she flipped it and was like okay i'll help you it's not like this girl was just like oh i'm gonna kill this guy on the internet but but it doesn't fucking matter there's already been another case where someone else has now caught manslaughter charges within the past few months for a similar set of circumstances and this woman i think actually is terrible and fucked up you know she basically convinced her boyfriend to kill himself after you know texting him i think like upwards of a thousand times in in a week it was just crazy shit she undoubtedly was abusive is because she's still alive and he isn't abusive and terrible but but do you really feel comfortable with giving the government this sort of authority to say that even though you really uh, you you had no physical interaction with the death of this person because you said what you said to them you now are convicted of manslaughter does that make you comfortable, really? Because this is what I'm saying. Tomorrow, they're going to get you for saying, fuck the police online or whatever. Some cop gets shot. They're going to say, oh, look what you did. And you know what? Now saying, fuck the police is banned, you know?
these are the kinds of arguments you're lending credence to. Stop supporting them because you're naive if you think it's not going to happen. Chris Marquez says, I don't think art in general should be banned. I, just things that are very unethical and harmful. Well, I think that this conversation is kind of difficult to have because um, a lot of people kind of assume that if you're on the opposing side of this argument where you are, are like me, ranting and raving about censorship and the government and they're all going to get you, I think that it's assumed that if you're on this side of the line that I'm saying art is so important and if you censor art, you're doing like a disservice to like culture and art and vibes. <laughs> but actually, my argument and it's not an argument I've encountered often. Okay, so let's just say, let's just, I'm novel as fuck right now. My argument actually partially hinges uh, on the idea that art is not nearly as important or influential as these motherfuckers on Twitter getting excited about South Park being called incalculably damaging or Hitler at his degenerate art speech seem to believe. I think that art is not nearly this vehicle of cultural transformation people love to think it is. It's not. It's not. For real. I think that the entire body of art, the fact that we have these systems of entertainment that are really like how we interact with so much. I mean, and especially in this conversation, to think of a thing like cancel culture. I mean, what does cancel culture even describe? Who are the kinds of people that, that we as a society have just become so enamored with uh, getting into conversations about how they're bad people. Kevin Hart, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, Wendy Williams, who else? Who's bad? Who's bad? Who's bad? Dave Chappelle's bad. Who? Shit, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of people who have not actually committed any sort of like actual offense. It's more just like a thing they said or did, and everyone's like, "Bah!" It's like when you look at this list, this ever-growing list of people that we're doing this with all the fucking time now. South Park. It's like, bro, this is literally just some celebrity bullshit. Are you serious? Like, how much time? are we wasting on this bullshit seriously who gives a fuck like of course we give a fuck I mean I, I think that it's fucked up if you know I don't know Ellen DeGeneres is is hanging out with a uh, bush or whatever it's like yeah but but I'm critical of the spectacle because I'm critical of the circumstances we exist in so I'm not gonna sit here spending my fucking time on Ellen fucking DeGeneres like <laughs> I'm going to try to spend my time on how maybe we can, like, strategize towards getting America to not be such a force of, like, military terrorism around the fucking world, you know? Because isn't that the actual issue? <clears throat> God, it's just, like, entertaining. And this is why I'm just so annoyed. It's like everybody loves to think, like, I'm doing a thing. I'm doing a thing. I'm being proactive. You're literally talking about Ellen DeGeneres. Like, give it a fucking rest. It's like no one actually wants to do any sort of heavy lifting. Go fucking do some. 
even if you just spent the amount of effort you expend on a conversation about Ellen DeGeneres, if you spent that much effort on a thing like reading uh, some American history, reading the history of American imperialism, or the Iraq War itself, you know, uh, re reading stuff, getting educated and making some sort of a statement about that, starting a conversation about that, that, that would be my suggestion. It, like, imagine if we all did that instead of talking about fucking this shit, cartoons, and Ellen DeGeneres. I'm just annoyed. And I'm annoyed. It's stupid. But I don't think that art is nearly, nearly, nearly as transformative as people like to make it appear. It's not nearly that influential. I don't believe for one half of one motherfucking second that South Park has influenced an entire generation of people to do nothing. Nothing. An entire generation? What? What? First of all, what generation? In what place? I don't think you could even say an entire generation of people has seen South Park. You're just speaking in this ultra poetic language for nothing. Or what? What is an element of culture that you feel has just truly transformed everything, everything, except the artistic landscape itself? Because of course you could concede this. You know, it's absolutely true that you know uh. A piece of art, even a single piece of art, can inspire a transformation of the artistic landscape. But as it relates to culture and society, no, I don't think so. And maybe I'm being overly cynical. Maybe you can dismiss this attitude as being overly cynical because I do concede. I think maybe I go a little far in one direction and I was listening actually recently to this wonderful podcast what's that guy's name I forget his name but he does that podcast philosophize this he had something and he was talking about Adorno who I've never read um and Adorno apparently has a lot to say about uh culture's influence on uh society and art in particular and how art reinforces certain narratives and does this or that and I was a little intrigued and listening to this, I was like, you know what, maybe I should stop being such a fucking cynical hard ass and lend some credence to the idea that, you know, art, art is influential, maybe more than I like to give it credit for. But I already concede art is influential, you know, and Adorno, if I'm not mistaken, also like, like totally fucking hated jazz. Like he thought jazz was like this force of like cultural treachery or something and it's like well how much how much how much am I really going to extend to this guy if that's true I don't know are any of you Adorno experts because that's also a viewpoint that was shared by Hitler <laughs> Hitler hated jazz and so did a lot of people in America you know especially uh, people who were very racist and associated jazz with the people who created it black Americans you know so mm, Art is undoubtedly influential, but I think to ever pinpoint a work or a movement of art as being this incredible force of societal change, I just think is absolutely absurd and idealistic. It kind of reminds me of an argument to draw a parallel with something else more rooted in reality, political reality. It reminds me a little bit of the criticisms, the entirely warranted criticisms a lot of people have of um, Sam Harris 
especially his ideas on Islam and the influence of Islam. Because, you know, Sam Harris is somebody who has come under a lot of criticism that I think is absolutely warranted for the way he talks about how influential Islamic ideology itself has been on uh, all of the various political realities that plague the Middle East right now. And a lot of people find his analysis to be completely superficial and naive because anybody who does a little bit of reading knows that it's not Islamic ideology. It's not the beliefs of Muslim people, you know, the what's written in the Quran that has made any sort of like political terrible set of circumstances emerge from the Middle East or anywhere else, you know. Uh, that's such a shallow analysis. It's not really ideology that motivates people to war and to this or that. And people love to believe that it does because it's easy. It's easy just like going in on South Park and cartoons. It's easy. It's easy to stop your analysis there because who wants to read about wars and who wants to read about history? That's not fun. That's not fun at all. It's easy to say, oh, look at this verse from the Quran. They believe this and, and they don't like gay people and this or that. It's easy to, to interface with these ideas only on that level and then put that forward as your entire argument. The problem is Islam, you know? No, it's fucking not. And it's not, the problem is not Islam any more than the problem of the Crusades was genuinely Christianity. It's just not. And if you believe it, you're naive and you're being idealistic and you're being irrational. When we think about things like war and geopolitical realities of any, any place, I mean, ideology is only one variable out of so many and, you know, I'm just getting into Marx, but if I'm not mistaken, this is essentially his thesis, this idea that, you know, um, ultimately what moves people is their material conditions, you know, resources, literal resources, the acquisition of land, which is a resource, you know, the idea that, that a thing like ideology, a thing like art or a belief or an idea or a religion, that these things are the true motivating factors in any terrible reality is just incredibly naive and superficial and stupid. So stop doing it, you fucking idiots. I'll fuck my own ass. Do you understand me? If you don't stop, I'm going to fuck my own butt. Do you understand me? Don't make me do it. Because I will. I will. I will. Antonio says, I thought art reflects the culture and social ideas. Yeah, sure. And even if it's not overtly political or making some sort of commentary, it's undeniably true that all art exists in a context, you know. Even my man's Rothko, who I bring up all the time, Rothko is somebody who is successful partially because of the presentation of an art piece that is devoid of context, you know. But but it's still so true Uh that even that piece, the success, that piece, his pieces, he has many pieces, even Rothko, the success of Rothko still very much relies on the context of everything around Rothko's emergence and his ultimate success, you know, you can never divorce context from anything, anything. So at, at a certain point, 
it almost becomes uh, arbitrary to even point it out, you know. Context is everything to everything. There is no reality that is not burdened with its own context. Every reality is emergent from its context. Oh my god, it's so deep. <laughs> Antonio says, Abrahamic religions are insane. I agree, but you know what? I think all religions are insane and stupid. And I feel the same way about spiritualities. Of course, you can find one that might be less stupid than another one. There are plenty of religions and spiritualities that I think are much less stupid than Christianity or uh, Islam. But the reality remains <laughs> that if I if I put support behind any one religion or spirituality, then I'm ultimately complicit in a reality where something like Christianity or Islam or any other religion could gain some gain prominence again you know because what am I predicating my opinion on or my praise of a thing you know and this is actually why to bring it back full circle before I get out of here this is why I like South Park in particular even though I absolutely concede that you know some of the shit is I I mean I don't know I'm trying to think of something like fucked up from South Park from the South Park I've seen but, but I can I, I understand why people are offended by uh, certain South Park things. You know, I'm not like, oh, my God, you're you're crazy or stupid. It's just a cartoon. I understand. But I still like South Park ultimately because I think that their message is actually not one of indifference. It's ultimately a promotion of the idea that any idea you are confronted with you should feel enthusiastic about challenging, you know, come to your own conclusions. And so. And, and that should apply to everything, literally everything, no matter what argument could be made for why you should not say or think or do that thing. I'd like that South Park is just like, no, fuck you. Don't tell me what to do. I think that's ultimately the message of South Park. Don't tell me what to do. And I very much relate to this idea. And I think that it's an important idea, especially if we're going to talk about things like politics. How is any authoritarian force or oppressive force to think about cultural things? You know, how how did things like gay liberation movements happen or women's liberation? Ultimately, people were like, you know what? Fuck this. Don't tell me what to do. I'm going to say what the fuck I want. The people, I, the reason that there ever had to be a liberation movement for any group of people is because their platform form their voice was the thing that was censored you know so just because we've come into a mode where we're finally starting to give platforms to voices that have been historically censored for a very long time that does not now mean that we should censor stuff <laughs> because in a few decades it's just going to turn right back fucking around what we should be invested in is figuring out how we can make sure that that doesn't happen again. That we don't find ourselves in a reality again where people are too afraid to speak, where marginalized voices are silenced and censored, where propaganda is just abundant. I mean, we, we live in an age of so much propaganda. We should be thinking and strategizing towards solutions for these sorts of things it's not simply as easy as oh look everybody happens to agree with my take at the moment so let's just go with that and kick out all the assholes sounds nice but it's gonna bite you in the ass and that's when i'm gonna fuck my own ass fuck my own butt wiley says self park the greatest devil's advocate yeah 
But but like I said, I mean, I think that this take in, in general is just ahistoric, honestly. I mean, if you remember, <laughs> South Park, uh, South Park is a thing that progressive people or people who consider themselves progressive anyway and more like left-leaning more liberal they've rallied around it for the longest time like for good reasons you know because a lot of the political messaging from the show in particular is very like anti-american and anti-authoritarian and this is part of the show's success you know I don't know why people are talking about South Park all of a sudden like it's just this thing that pushes everybody's buttons like yeah, I mean, they, they've always, like, been irreverent, but I don't think, I don't think their messaging has really ever been so obscure, even, you know? Like, it's so obvious. I mean, they did fucking, like, anti, they have all these, like, anti-Trump type episodes and shit, you know? Like, I don't know why people are acting like it's just this ambiguous thing and who knows what they want. They just want to piss everyone off. I don't think that's true at all. They made a whole fucking movie about how America sucks. <laughs> like, come on. Come on, come on. Anyway, any concluding thoughts before I get out of here? Thanks so much for letting me rant. <laughs> Time to go fuck my own butt. Do I do I sound do I sound like an alarmist? Do I sound like a reactionary? You know, because what is my argument? What is ultimately what I'm saying? Wiley says they're always anti-celebrity as well. That's so true. So true. Love that about them. Love that for them. <laughs> Basically what I'm saying is that even if the public consensus seems to be a thing that you can rally around in a moment, in any given moment, you should always try to investigate the rationale behind any take because just because a thing might be working in your favor in one moment, there is no reason to believe, unless you're a fucking naive dumbass, that without strong, sound rationale behind your opinion, it will absolutely collapse. Okay? So don't be stupid. Challenge every opinion that comes your way, even the ones that you agree with, at face value. And this is why we like South Park. That's my next concluding thought. That I feel this is the message. The message is to be cynical. You should be cynical. You should be skeptical. Don't take bullshit at face value. Otherwise, you're fucked. You'll be fucking your own ass in no time. Wiley says, do I want to be a reactionary? Well, of course, I don't want to be labeled one by the general public because I believe that word has negative implications, but we're all really always reacting to everything, are we not? I mean, that's just the nature of being. I am a reactionary being. Everything I perceive around me is the impetus for me to act in response to it. <laughs> and with that being said, a little bit of a promo before I get out of here. Sunday, in our speed reading series, we'll be discussing angles uh nature of dialectics so <laughs> probably relevant to this discussion if any of you are trying to get some reading in it's only 16 pages long click the patreon link in the description and get your ass into our reading club because sunday in our discord we will be discussing this 16 page long document the nature of dialectics by angles 
famous collaborator with Karl Marx. Um, and thanks everybody for listening. And please give me a thumbs up. Because <laughs> you're all great. I'm going to go fuck my own butt. So I'll see you guys later.